a church located in the city of Texas. And this church in the city of Texas this past week on Pentecost, since Pentecost Sunday, has been getting quite the, quite the media attention. They've been uh, in quite the stir here this past week when a social media story broke from this story about a pastor from Steadfast Baptist Church down in Texas. Here it is on last Sunday, we down in the Midwest, we down here in Louisville, raising the roof high because it was Pentecost and pride. Uh, when just down the road in the state of Texas at Steadfast Baptist Church, there was a pastor on Pentecost Sunday that went on a rant. And this rant last Sunday, unfortunately, wasn't very liberating, but this was anti-gay rhetoric that he preached on last Sunday. I've got the quote here, if y'all got just a couple of seconds with your boy. He, he stated on last Sunday, and I quote, they should be convicted in full trial. My God, they, they should be sentenced to death, lined up against a wall, and shot in the back of the head. That's what God teaches, end quote. This is down in at Steadfast Baptist Church, and protesters on last Sunday, they responded by showing up this week at the church and began picketing. Many, many declaring truth in scripture that God's love is an all-inclusive love. While they had been rejected by some, they believe they've been embraced by one. So my question today is what will be your response? What will be your response to the ones that rejected you? What will be your response to the ones that will you. While some churches insist on putting out messages of hate, we right here at 949 will continue to put out messages of love because the truth of the matter is the gospel message of God is a message of love. Our text here in Acts chapter 4, verse 11, uh, is this story. It's a message of rejection and unbelief. It's a message of unrejection, of rejection and unbelief. Here it is now that you need to get this, because those who truly believe God, right, you can't be surprised when, when you hear or see objections from people in the name of God. And the reason why you can't be surprised is because even the disciples, and the Jews heard the same objection of inclusive love to all people over 2,000 years ago. The Jews now, they rejected this idea of the crucified Messiah, and the Greeks now found the cross to be utter foolishness. Yeah, yeah, rejected by some, but embraced by one. Unfortunately, the objections of the gospel that we face today are no different than the gospel message that new Christians and the new church faced on yesterday. The primary reason, whether we're talking about the vintage church or the modern church, the primary fundamental reason is steeped and stands on unbelief. They, they have become so hardened. We have become so hardened and so closed to the idea that God's love really could be for everybody and not just them. 
This is the heart, though, of unbelief. And this unbelief now rests primarily on our text today, which says that Jesus is the stone that the builders rejected. Jesus is the stone that the builders did not want. I don't know. I don't know who this is for. I pray that this blesses you, if nothing else does today. Uh, but Jesus was the stone that the builders rejected. Um, not the stone that the soil rejected, but the stone that the builders have rejected. Yeah, they, they decided now that whatever Jesus was giving wasn't worth building with. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't. They, they decided that whatever Jesus was given wasn't what they wanted Jesus to, to be giving. Builders can be found in what they have built, right? Uh, but a cornerstone will always be found at the corner. Builders can be found inside of what they've built, but a cornerstone will always be found at, at the corner. Yeah, and the Bible says in Acts chapter 4, verse 11, that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He, he's the chief cornerstone, but, but uh, every, every now and then, uh, even a corner gets cracks, even even a corner gets cracks. I, I want to talk real quick about about cracks in the corner. Cracks in the corner. The Bible the Bible allows us to see Jesus at various stages, right of of his life and ministry. Jesus, all throughout our biblical readings, has been referred to many times as teacher, as rabbi, as Messiah, as Jesus of Nazareth. But never before in the New Testament has Jesus been referred to as the cornerstone. Yeah, yeah, they're now declaring that Jesus is the chief cornerstone, but every corner has some cracks in it. I want to just share just two points. My first point real quick is about the cracks in the corner. Jesus, again, is called the chief cornerstone, and, and the cornerstone is the capstone. Uh, a, a cornerstone is the largest stone of stones. Are y'all with me? Uh, so whenever things begin to crack, it will start with the cornerstone. Whenever thing begins to come apart, it, it starts with the cornerstone. Now, again, the Bible declares that Jesus is the cornerstone, which means that Jesus is the headstone. And although Jesus is the headstone in Acts chapter 4, I need you to understand that Jesus didn't start out that way. Jesus didn't start off as the chief cornerstone. In fact, Jesus was born in the hood. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The Bible says that Jesus was born in a borrowed manger because all of the hotels were booked up. The Bible says now that he was rejected because what he taught was different than what the religious and church people were accustomed to. Here it is now. He was rejected because they didn't like what it was that Jesus had to say. My question for you as a body of believers today is, are you willing to be criticized on your way to becoming a cornerstone? 
Are you willing to be criticized on your way to becoming a cornerstone? See, a cornerstone is the stone that keeps everything together. A cornerstone is the stone that holds everything together at its corner. So understand that whenever something begins to rip, whenever something begins to tear, whenever something begins to come apart, it usually starts in the corner. Are y'all with me? Where where do rips and tears start? They start they start in the corner. G- Jesus had to suffer a little while because Jesus hadn't always been the chief cornerstone. The, Jesus had to deal with some cracks before he took his place at the corner. But the Bible says now in Acts chapter 4 verse 11 that Jesus is now at He's at the corner. Y'all, y'all going to help me preach in here? Because y'all real quiet. Don't, don't make me do this by myself today. Would you believe me in here if I told you that uh, I can always hear God's voice whenever I get near a corner? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where, where did things start happening for you? Come on, somebody. They, they started happening for you in a corner. Where, where did you find a little bit of hope uh, just to hold on and not give up? You, you didn't find it in the middle, but you found it at a corner. How how did God birth an entire faith of community? He he didn't do it out in the open, but somebody needs to know God God did it in a corner. How how did God even birth this church? God, God did it in a corner. I just need you to know that some of the best and worst things of your life can happen in a corner where all you see around you is darkness, but there's a little bit of hope at the corner. You You can't despise small things because small things start in a corner. Some some of the best and worst things, they happen where? They they happen in a corner. I wish somebody would talk back to me. Where where were they when they started hating on you? They they was over there in a corner. Where where were they when they decided to start lying on you? They, They was over there in a corner when they said what you could and could not do. They they wasn't bold enough to show up out in the open but but they had to hide it they had to do it they had to do it in a corner yeah yeah here here it is that what was perceived to be cracks and flaws in Jesus became their leading reason for rejection they they found cracks all in Jesus's ministry all throughout his story, uh, so much so that they rejected him. Uh, but Jesus has become the chief cornerstone. I, I set all of that up just to get you right here to, to my last point, uh, because what they perceived as cracks and flaws became their only reason for rejection. Can I can I talk real quick about the realness of rejection? Can I can can I can I just real quick Eb is that going to be all right? Can I can I talk about the realness of rejection? That that's my last point for today is the realness of rejection. Yeah. Yeah, the realness of of rejection. Uh everyone in this room at some point has experienced something called rejection. Everyone in this room has felt some form of rejection. Here in this text, though, we we learn two things. 
hearts, right? We, we learn, the first thing we learn is that Jesus becomes the chief cornerstone. Jesus becomes the chief cornerstone, uh, not at first, but Jesus becomes the chief cornerstone once he's been rejected. Y'all, y'all following me? He becomes the chief cornerstone once he's been rejected. The religious leaders, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, they rejected his teaching. And because they rejected his teaching, therefore rejecting Jesus. They, 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 thought, they thought that if they had rejected the cornerstone, that God would simply send another cornerstone. I, I need y'all to grab hold of this thing. I don't want you to miss it. They, they thought that if they rejected the chief cornerstone, that God would simply send another chief cornerstone. But, but they, they rejected Jesus because they had rejected his teachings. But, but we know that they rejected his teachings because if they got a hold of Jesus' teachings, then they would have realized the teaching of God, which says in John 3.16, that for God so loved the world that God sent his, his only. Yeah, yeah, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus couldn't be uh, rejected because Jesus was was the only y'all did anybody come to have church in here today uh there there, there 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 was no other chief cornerstone to send in place of jesus let, let me put it like this because jesus was the only yeah yeah jesus jesus was was the only and and because jesus was the only they they uh they ended up rejecting what couldn't be rejected yeah, because Jesus was the only, they ended up rejecting what, what couldn't be rejected. So, so the stone now gets rejected, but the stone doesn't get removed. I, I don't know who this is for, but you need to understand that whenever you are God's only, God can't send something else in its place. That's when you really start feeling your realness, Loda. That's when you really don't got to be flossing for folk on social media because you, you understand now the realness of rejection. That, that's when things have gotten real, when you've experienced now rejection. When you, when you really begin as a result of being rejected, where you now can be real with yourself, where you, you really begin believing that you're the only thing God loves, where, where you've got a feeling that you're the only thing God sees. That, that's when you begin to understand what rejection will do. I just need you to go ahead and use this hashtag today that when you get out of church, it's hashtag rejection will work for you if you let it. Yeah, rejection will work for you if, if you let it. If you let it, if you let it. Some of us, some of us, we've been afraid to do it because we've been afraid of rejection. Some of us have been afraid to go after it because we've been afraid of rejection. Can, can I tell you about rejection and how, if you let it, rejection will work for you? Here it is now because a rejection leads to ejection. Rejection, rejection leads to ejection. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Somebody say, yes, it does.
Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Rejection leads to ejection. Let, let me, let me, let me prove it to you. Let me calm myself down. Let, let me prove it to you. The best way, the best way for me to explain this principle of rejection leading to ejection, all I could think about using was the idea of a bow and arrow. Uh, if you've ever shot a bow and arrow, if you've ever seen a bow and arrow shot, then you'll, you'll understand this analogy. Yeah, yeah. See, a bow in its intended use uh, operates now from pressure. A bow operates from pressure. The, the first thing you must do before you begin is you must push the bow. You've got to push the bow. Uh, and that's, that's the thing about rejection is uh, you've been a bow and you've experienced some pushing. Yeah, folk, folk have been pushing you around. Folk have been pushing up on you. Folk have been pushing you out. They've been pushing you down. But listen, here it is. Rejection leads to ejection. The first thing about a bow is that before you discharge the arrow from the bow, you first have to push the bow. And as you're pushing the bow, you then do this thing where you grab hold of the bow string. So you're pushing the bow in one area, but you're pulling the bow in another. I, I need you to get this real quick because what this does is this creates pressure. Some of us never get to our fullness of what God has called us to be is because we don't respond well to the pressure. But anything under pressure will always eject. I need you to get this principle in just a minute. So you've got the bow, right? And as you are pushing the bow, you've got to now take the next hand and you've got to pull the bow string. It's a little bit like this, that as you're pushing the bow, you grab hold of the bow string like so. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're being pushed with one hand. Y'all gonna get this? Uh, but you're being pulled in another. I, I just wish I had somebody in here that, that understood this idea of being pushed and, and pulled. This idea now, it creates pressure. It creates pressure. I, I just need you to know that there's been a lot of areas in your life where you've been experiencing the push. But the fact that you made it here today is representative of the pull. It's a whole lot of folk that have been pushing you, but I need you to know that there's been one that's been pulling you. Yeah, a whole lot of folk been trying to push you over the edge, been trying to push you over the cliff, but is there anybody in the room or the live stream that can give God glory that while folk were pushing, God was, God was pulling, God was, God was pulling. God, God was pulling. And uh, the, the push and the pull is, uh, is what now releases the bow. The push and the pull is, is what releases the bow. Uh, let me see. Once the bow gets ejected, the arrow is then released. Once, once the bow gets ejected, the arrow is then released. I'm reminded of the story of Joseph where Joseph told his brothers after they did all they good hating on him that you meant it for evil, but, but God meant it for my good. I, I wish somebody understood this idea that while you rejected me, you, you really didn't understand that your rejection was my release. You, you really don't understand what your rejection did for me 
that your rejection, it ejected some stuff. Uh, isn't it amazing how rejection, it leads to ejection. When, when they rejected you, they ejected your purpose. When, when they rejected you, they ejected your potential. When, when they rejected you, they ejected your promise. Uh, as mama was pushing, yeah, yeah, God was pulling and yeah, you got some folk that been real pushy, but God is pulling for you. God is pulling for you. And at the right time, at the right season, at the right moment, at the right second, at the right hour, at the right month, at the right year, at the right place in your life, God will eject everything that's been rejected. God will eject every promise that's been rejected. God will eject every word that he put in you. God will eject every good and perfect gift deposited in you. I know they rejected you, but listen, God is about to set you up for an ejection. Throw your hands up. Throw your head back. Let God take you to the next level. Let God take you to the next dimension. Let God take you to your next place in destiny. Yeah. I've been rejected. But baby, your rejection, it pushed me. God, eject me. God, release me. God, push me. God, let me go. God, let me fly. God, let me soar. Rejected by some, but embraced. Embraced by one. You know, it doesn't matter if they rejected you. You've been walking around mad at Auntie and them for their rejection and their lack of acceptance. But here's what you need to get. Them rejecting you was one of the best things they did for your life. If you didn't reject me, I wouldn't have found me. If you didn't reject me, I wouldn't have fell in love with myself. If you didn't reject me, I wouldn't have found out what God wanted for me. If you didn't reject me, I wouldn't have found God in me. If you didn't reject me, I wouldn't have found my potential in me. If you didn't reject me, I wouldn't have found the blessings God had for me. Yeah, I was rejected by some, but embraced by one. Yeah. Your rejection led to my ejection. Joseph said, Joseph said, you meant it for evil. You meant it to kill me. You meant it to take me out. You meant it to stop every promise. You meant it to stop every blow up. You meant it to stop every glow up. You meant it to stop every blessing. You meant it to stop every door. You meant it to stop me out. But listen, your rejection is set me at the seat where nobody can put me up. Rejected by some. Oh, but I'm embraced by one. And however you meant it, whatever you meant, whatever you meant it for, I believe God, where God says, I'll use it for your good.
Yeah, the best, the best revenge over rejection is using the rejection for your good. Yeah, yeah, rejected by some, embraced by one. They, forget about the rejection. They, they found cracks in Jesus. You, you think they ain't going to tear you up? They, they found cracks in Jesus. What you think they're going to do with you? Rejected by some. Oh, but I'm embraced by the one. The one true living God. The one that walks with me, talks with me. The one that while the rest of the world is pushing God, you're pulling, you, you're pulling. On this Sunday, as we stand to our feet all over this room, as we offer Christ to somebody watching, as we offer Christ to someone in this room, not only is this your moment of salvation, but this is also your moment of declaration that, God, you will pull us through. That, God, you will pull us through. That, God, you'll pull us through. Come on, this is your moment. The altar is now open. God, you've been pulling me through. Hallelujah. Come on, this is your moment right here, right here, right here. Yeah. Come on, we open up the altar right now. If you will, you'll come down. Our ministers are standing right here at this place. We'll greet you. We'll pray with you. We'll stand with you. We'll pray over you. We'll stand in the gap. We'll intercede with you. Come on, this is your moment. This is your time. It was you pulling me through. Come on, don't miss it. Don't miss it. It was you pulling me through. Come on, there's one 